Hi, what's up? It's Dave, your friend from Maybe We'll Talk. Welcome to Maybe We'll Talk. Um, I don't normally put this stern of any type of warning on this podcast, but today I really, I, I feel very strongly that it would be better for everybody involved if you were to read The Fisherman by John Langan. Period, perhaps, but certainly before you listen to this podcast. Um, I think it is a very, I found it, yeah, it's a good book. Uh, yeah, here's the review, five stars. It was great. And I really think that, well, not only do I, well, first of all, this podcast has always been full spoilers. You know that. So, I mean, me saying this should elicit some type of response because if I'm really serious now, I'm really going to actually say something that will actually spoil the story. I said something about on a recent one about how, like, you know, saying Luke is Vader's son, that's like a spoiler. And I had a, and I had, and I had a something that went along with it, which now I don't recall. So why am I bringing it up? Who knows? But like, you know, something that changes the way the story becomes framed, something that forces the viewer to look at what you already know in a different light. Like, that's a spoiler. So right away in this podcast, almost immediately, I spoil big things and and, and just everything in The Fisherman, which is a very good book, which you should read. So, yeah, welcome so much to my good friend Locke. Uh, we're going to talk about the fishermen and a Buick 8 and several other things. We're going to spoil uh, that movie about Bo being afraid. There's something else funny <laughs> that I definitely spoil. There's something old I spoil. There's a bunch of things along the way. I don't really recall. We recorded this on a dark and stormy night. Really appropriate. A 15-year flood. The river in my backyard has not been this high. So a very spooky, wet, sloshy otherworldly evening which we would like to share right now um this is yeah this is a bonus one maybe or not right now let me talk a little bit more about my stupid fucking process <laughs> but this is you know this is the structure i like to i like to let you guys know what to expect so um yeah i think we're gonna have two episodes this week this is basically a bonus one because it doesn't fall under friday the 13th vampire the masquerade or Wheel of Time. Although I do think Vampire the Masquerade, that category might... I mean, it's going to be the Saint category. And it might be... Well, you know what? Look at this. I haven't even really... I don't even know what I'm doing. Because the next Vampire the Masquerade slot is going to be filled, filled with me and Saint and Atheist talking about Starfield. So, that was all... All of those things I just said, all of those sentences that didn't really end and didn't go anywhere and all kind of described what I'm thinking about, what I don't know the schedule's going to be like, that was because of the marijuana that I smoked. But what I really wanted to say is that this is the extra episode for this week. This Friday is, of course, a Friday the 13th, and our first, our first episode covering Friday the 13th will air in two days on Friday. And that'll be our main episode for this week. This is a conversation I had with Locke on a wet, rainy, stormy night. I wonder if I have any spooky music I can find that I can put in right here. Thank you for listening to Maybe We'll Talk.
<laughs> not, not ideally. <laughs> what, what's happening over there? Is your house floating yet? All right, well, I'll tell you what. The red light is on. Okay. Um, my house is not floating yet. Uh, this has happened once before. The water is basically, there basically is a, a, a ledge. The water is at the ledge. The water is, is on the same level as my garden. It, the last time it flooded like this, it was the springtime whisperer in the darkness flood. Uh... So this yeah. doesn't even have the benefit of ice and stuff coming down, down river with it and melting. And this is just, yeah. So this is that. This is a fifteen-year flood. Yeah, and it's it's ironic that we're talking about the fishermen. Is ironic <laughs> the word, or just completely appropriate with the vibe the universe is handing out? Yes, I, I guess. Well, also preordained is. Today was a fisherman day. I don't know for me anyway. It was like sort of this yes. weird stew of like grim and wistful and dark and wet. Yeah. Which are all adjectives with, that I would associate with this book. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a quote. There are two quotes that really stick with me from this book. Okay. Um, the first is... Remember the fairy tales, all the witches and wizards with their houses in the woods? Maybe they want privacy for their work. Maybe there's something about the places they choose to live. Maybe the world is thinner there. Maybe they can hear the sounds they're listening for more clearly. Yeah. I just love that. We were talking about the woods a couple of weeks ago, I think. And that really, he gets it. Yeah, the, the world being thin. Yeah. In places. Like a red rubber ball. The borders between our world and the dream world are perilously thin. I'm pretty sure I... I'm pretty sure I lifted that. Even if you did. You, it belongs to you now. I guess so. Yeah. I Possession can... is nine-tenths of the law. It's, I've known it's been <laughs> for, I don't know, 25 years or something, so... I also now own that illustration of the telepo. Yes. That's that's yep. mine now. <laughs> yep, that's hers. <laughs> um obviously in the preamble for this episode I'm gonna say do not listen to this. <laughs> Period. Don't listen no. to this. Just don't fucking do it. But for real, um yeah, I will this so we can let's well we this is full spoilers and right. we let us discuss it as we would Having both read it, um, which we have. Oh, if your power does go out, when you if as long as the file saves, I think that's how you should end the podcast. But you just throw a Wilhelm scream in right before the cut. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna. In fact, I'm gonna take a few every now and again. Let's say every fifteen minutes or so. We're. I'm gonna say. Let's cut, cut for a moment. <laughs> because if yeah. the power goes out, it will not save. 
that's for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's the, yeah, I, the, like I know yeah, that that's from one of the ways it works. I know yeah. that from many experiences. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just be like cut, right? And uh, <laughs> so this is gonna be. This is going to be an ongoing running joke. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm into it. <laughs> I have after you after you did it on that first one. I was like, all right, I can do this for months. It's uh, this, today's uh, today's thing that's sitting on my desk <laughs> is an, an enormous uh, meat cleaver that is several hundred years old. Uh, it's so old that the handle, uh, which was once square, is rounded by the work of the hands that used it for its intended purpose cleaving and the back of it is all kinds of uh hammered up from breaking up bones i think yeah i found in the basement of uh an enormous and very fancy restaurant that i worked in the bones in 2002 no actually (laughs) thank freaking goodness um no i found the cleaver there was this huge basement area uh, like with tunnels that nobody ever went into except me. Ah, um, right, because, no. You know, like mm-hmm. why wouldn't you go into those things? Right. Um, and I found like a hidden wine cellar that was like from the twenties that people had forgotten about. There was some pretty good Riesling in there uh, back when okay. I used to drink. And, and this cleaver. Uh, so, yeah. adventures below the earth. Wow, that is a that is a rad find. Yeah. So that's this week's uh, show and tell. <laughs> that's awesome. That's uh, <laughs> less fish. Yeah, this book speaks to me in a variety of ways. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah, I, and that's why I didn't want you to read anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> I gave. I will tell you this interesting story. I gave this book to a friend of mine who loves fishing more than anything and had just gone through a terrible breakup. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Thinking like, this might be cathartic for you. I haven't heard from him. (laughs) And he lives in the area that this book takes place in. So, uh, Wilson, buddy, if you ever hear this, (laughs) I hope you didn't get sucked into the Black City. Uh, Or... Uh, marry a fish. Oh. Oh yeah, I didn't want to use the term wife fish. No, I didn't want to use the term fish, fish wife. wife. Right. I was like, yeah. I'm not. I typed that. I was like, yeah. So full spoilers. Obviously, um, my my one sentence review was, well, this is a fucked up book, and then my second sentence is was it. I first typed out. I've got into the part where he has fucked his dead fish wife. And then I was like, but that doesn't exactly, that's not exactly right. Fish wife is, there's a variety of types of people that should be called fish wives. So he has fucked his dead wife fish. I really hope nobody who has not read this book is listening to this. Is listening to this right now. You should not be. I I said it many times. I warned you. Yeah. Yeah. We warned you. Um, Although... He is an ambiguous statement in that <laughs> sentence, at least. Sure. Like, so if sure. you haven't, yeah. if you haven't read it yet, and you don't know who fucks his dead fish wife. wife there's, a, fish, there's, fish. there's a lot of dead wives. Yeah, with golden eyes that are trying. Uh, it's what you would imagine if an animal learned how to speak something that wasn't trying to master your particular language, but the idea of language itself. Uh, Have you read? Things. 
Have you and I discussed the Skittles rabbit? No. Do you know what I... No, I just got quiet and cold because we have a similar vibe about mythos and I know what's coming even if I don't. I guess I gotta, I guess I gotta pull up, I hope I can still, I hope it's not one of those things that now has disappeared from YouTube, but I guess I have to pull it up and show it to you because it just, what you just said is exactly what I, yeah, I'll tell you what, what you just said about an animal trying to speak and kind of knowing what speech is and having an idea of how people do it, but not really getting it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so here, that I said that exact thing, except about song. <laughs> this is about, this is a, this is a video Spectrum business where an animal kind of has the idea of what music is, and kind of understands that people make music, and that people sing. But obviously, obviously, it's an okay. I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna stream it to you. Stream it. All right. Um, I will ready myself. Where is Discord? Oh, it's here. Okay. Apparently, a lot of people were getting that blocked message today. Yeah, it was a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Not just because I was like, I, I thought it was just especially cruel that you got it in response, being like, "How do I? Use How do I get rid of this new feature?" <laughs> you are, and, I, and that's what I, I, I moved the mouse on the PC and addressed that white thing that said, "You are blocked." And right under it says, "What? Why have I been blocked?" And it says something yeah. you recently typed, you know, upset someone. <laughs> yeah. Upset right. the the investors of Discord. You uh, are viewing this? I am with you. I said that exact thing you just said about this video. Uh, yeah, go on YouTube and just search for Skills Rabbit. Uh, take my word for it. Uh, you know what? Let's one more, one more. I'm sorry that I'm showing you Skittles commercials. No, but it, that's, that's totally it, fine. There was a time in my life I was obsessed with Skittles commercials. Everything you touch turns into Skittles. That's awesome. Is it awesome? Well, you can't hold your newborn baby boy in your arms. Did you feed and dress yourself this morning? I didn't. I met a man on the bus today. I shook his hand. He'll never see his family again. I guess that's pretty awesome. Excuse me. Touch the rainbow. Taste the rainbow. Oh my god. <laughs> Are these real? Yes! Yes! I am deeply impressed. That's amazing. Their, their marketing Faith. team 
That was, and that was early two thousands, I guess. There was a real someone working, yeah, their marketing Got department it. or whoever they hired to do their advertising. Fuck, yeah, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> but yes, that kind of alien feeling, yeah, is all over this. Is all yeah. over this. Slick with it. I feel like, um, well, I get, all right, a question that I had, which might be a really weird specific thing that I honed in on, but the first, well, not the first dead wife, but the, the wife that wanders out, I guess, chronologically, the wife that wanders out into the road, not, you know, chronologically as in actual time, not how the book goes. Yeah. So, sometime in the 1800s, a woman wanders out into the road and gets run over. Yeah. And when she comes back and tries to get her children back from the neighbors, she says something through the door. Mm-hmm. And they don't tell... The narrator doesn't tell us what she said. Yeah. She tells her husband. And or the, the woman who is told tells her husband what the dead fish woman said to her she actually does though but does she yeah. but does but is that information shared but with us we are never told ever. we are never told what it is never ever that's as far that's as my like, question i mean i haven't read yeah. the book in a couple of years no, I've, I've read it three times i think but i haven't it's been a couple of years and uh but i do know that the husband says there's no way she could know that i fully expected the punchline of the book to be whatever she had said I mm, I was like that's that gonna be been, that's gonna be the final line of the book. I was sure of it. Yeah. Because I was when it kept when they kept not revealing it. Mm, I re mm. and yeah and I could be wrong. It might get and I almost thought it might be because I mean it's odd that I wish I had the names of all the characters in front of me, but Reiner's wife. It's odd that Reiner's wife can tell him what it is in such a concise way that he can respond with, there's no way she could know it. Because I almost thought maybe the reveal was when she appears before Lottie, the daughter, in the, like, storeroom. Uh, yeah, Helen is the one who gets run over. Okay. Uh, George is her husband. Okay. Lottie is uh, Reiner, Reiner, Reiner's wife. Oh, Lottie is Reiner's sure. wife. I th it was just because well, actually, it's a Helen, the woman living next to Lottie and her family. Lottie is telling the story to the preacher. Yes, that's right. Preacher. Rainer was her dad. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Not the wife. Uh, the daughter. I don't know what I don't, I don't know what Rainer's wife's name is, but yes, she, okay. she's able to repeat it. Now, uh, Rainer was before he becomes a laborer uh in the building of this reservoir um, he's a philology professor mm -hmm. at, at a university and he leaves under somewhat mysterious circumstances and i don't think it's really laid out um but I th it seems it feels feels yeah i think it's the right it's kind of it laid out to me that, that he oh do they tell you later Oh man, yeah, like they, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, what what did he get up to? 
he goes to retrieve an item from the Black City and his friend ignores oh, the warning right. and touches it with his bare hand and his friend melts into goo. In the yes, real world, they right. go back, yeah. Yeah, his friend comes apart. Yeah. They they, they yeah. definitely touch upon exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right, they do tell you exactly what happened. A lot, yeah. a lot goes on in a very chronological salad. And I it really think is a lot of history, yeah. That's, I think that that's what she's referring to. Oh, the, interesting. The oh, she meant okay. are from the, the same Black universe City. Yeah. as the Black City. Right. Um, and the Black City, uh, Langham, the author, uh, mentions in a Reddit AMA that uh, the Black City is something that occurs in multiple stories that he's written. Oh, um, Oh, yeah. so there's a bit of a mythos going on here. Somebody else asked in the MA, like, what's the deal with the stone that they find in the fishermen when they're oh, yeah. covering stuff? Like, you never you never yeah. talk about that. And he was like, I know the Catskills are a weird place and a lot a lot goes on there. Uh, maybe I'll That's get to so that in a great. future story. That's so great. Um, yeah, so all of this about the Black City. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I sort of felt, yeah, so I sort of, I thought that what, I like that. I like I like that it might be referring to the guy that comes apart. Um, I had sort of thought that there's a scene where the dead woman, Helen, comes into Lottie's work and like corners Lottie in the storeroom. And she starts she starts speaking to Lottie. And this is sometimes they, they do speak English, these dead fish people. But sometimes they speak a language and the fisherman speaks a language that is not any language anyone has heard, but they can kind of understand it anyway. They kind of receive images from this language. Yes. So she starts saying that kind of stuff, and Lottie starts seeing the endless Black Sea that the city is built on the shore of, and uh, starts seeing the loops of Apep. Um, Yep. And I sort of thought maybe this woman had whispered something like that to Reiner's wife. And I was like, he, she wouldn't be able to say that to Reiner. And Reiner right. wouldn't be able to say, oh, she couldn't know that. Oh, it yeah, might have been. Maybe, I think I like that she... Like, his friend melted into goo. And, yeah. And is, still, and is still in the... Like, the yeah, it's still here with us. It yeah, is still right. here with us. There's no way she could know that. Well, yeah, that's where she's from. Really interesting. I also... Um, God, it's I I don't have I don't know whether I don't remember it well or if it's not really made clear. Um, It is made pretty clear either in the book or in like supplementary stuff that the author has said that the fish people are sort of mirrors and they reflect uh, strong emotion. Okay. Grief or whatever. I mean, it's usually grief in this book. Yeah. Um, But uh, and so you sort of project this the the object of that feeling onto them but what's interesting to me is that they it seems as though that it's more than just appearances because they also start to behave or like say things that that person would have known mm-hmm. oh yeah or do things in ways that that person might have done and i don't think that's ever really laid out like what what is happening there like why they are what is what? What are their motives, and why do they? What are their motives, and what are their metaphysics? 
Yeah. It can't be laid out in order for the book to be as good as it is. But right. It I'm is, really curious about it, nevertheless. It is extreme alien. Like that, 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 I hesitate to use the word vibe because I use it too much. Yeah. <laughs> this it's, is, a good, it's a useful tool. This, this, uh, yeah, everything about this and everything about the things that happen in this is soaked in alien. Yeah. And that's my fit. Like when that's what I'm looking for when sure. I get in, when I go looking, well, <laughs> the sun is down right now. And so, you know, I can hear like, the flood lapping upon my backyard. Yeah, there's a part of me who's like, yes, that is what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I am looking for that. Yep. I am a Lovecraft protagonist. I want to see the thing and then be ruined by it. Um, God. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, but there's another part of me that's like, no, absolutely not. I yeah. don't do that. Um, a good a good friend of ours once said, um, I want to know. I just don't want to find out. Um, that's right. Yeah. I think, I think that's a really good way to put that's it. Totally. That's um, absolutely correct. That's, but that's 100%. That's, what, that's it. Yeah. But that's <laughs> what I'm looking for is like in, in, in fiction at, at the very least. Um, I, the other stuff is there's other stuff that in, in horror that's super cool, um, you know, ways of playing with your nerves and and uh, eliciting these experiences, these feelings, like um, hereditary is not alien. The witch is not really alien. Okay. Yep. You know, like um, Midsummer isn't alien. Obviously, I'm going on a theme here, but like. Hmm. Uh, extremely upsetting films where very upsetting and viscerally upsetting things happen yeah yeah but that ari aster guy he fucking hates us (laughs) he knows what he knows what's up um (laughs) but like the it's like the old world fey yep not like tinkerbell like no 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 like the things it slips sideways through like even saying it slips sideways through a crack is putting human a human gloss on the language that yep. wouldn't be even meaningful to them they're here don't get lost of, in the woods yeah like and it, it's a the, the the idea that you're you're intersecting with a completely different paradigm of reality mm-hmm. um that is not necessarily even hostile to you it's just inimical to you. Yeah. Is I love that. Oh, hey, the other book is about that also. It surely is. <laughs> <laughs> happy happy uh, month of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Kicking it off right. Soon. 15 year flood. Yeah. I'm so sad. I have a fair, like, the biggest event basically I've done yet was oh. supposed to. I don't know if the fair is canceled. I don't know if we're. I don't know if I'm gonna to have to evacuate. <laughs> Jesus, are you are like are you prepped? Like, okay, well, t- I have two questions for you. Like the the faux survivalist in me is like, all right, look, tell me about the angle of your driveway to the road and my, your, your ability to leave. It my driveway and the road should be the last thing thing okay. to flood, and the cool. bridge goes up. You know, so like, and I've done this before. Okay. I have an escape route. <laughs> That's true. You, you yeah. know what you're. You know what you're about. You know, like you know, Prika's over there. Yeah. And, you know, this is where the cats are. Everything's accounted for, and like as long as the and I mean, you know, I mean, it is 
the the more it rises, the more of a wider channel it has to. That's true. You know, yeah. it's it, it rises slower the more it rises. So yeah. it's even. There is even a slope to the backyard. It will, but I mean, once it kind of hits the yard, it will come up quickly, and we're basically right there. So. Do you have it's, a fishing pole ready in yeah. case a pep is down there? That was a great face. That's oh, really good. I do not have a fishing pole, and I would be, and I really, yeah, gosh. Uh, are you familiar with the film Eraserhead? Uh, yes, but like, it's like I haven't seen it, but I know Rob the Toe, and so it's like I feel like I've seen it. Okay. Um, <laughs> not because, but just because, like, I feel like David Lynch sort of poured out of the man. Sure. Uh, That's yeah. In high school, but um. No, I haven't seen it. Okay. Tell me more. Uh, I know all about it. I guess, well, the the joke was going to be, if you had said, yes, I'm familiar, I've seen Eraserhead, or you're familiar with it, and we'll see. This joke might still work if you are super familiar with it. If you had a friend that was eight months pregnant, would you recommend the film Eraserhead to them? No. <laughs> Why did Absolutely you recommend not. this fisherman book to your friend that had gone through a breakup <laughs> and loves to fish? Uh, because of the way in which I process grief. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is a book about fucking grief. Uh, since we talked literally about, since huh, wow since we mentioned hey. Ari Aster have you seen Bo is Afraid no I'm not sure I can handle it I know that face is reasonable considering the stuff that I'm saying that I like but no, it's but about I... a person who's really unhappy mm-hmm. and has bad familial like relationships and stuff mm, yeah I, I feel like I might find that really provoking you might. I mean, my family's wonderful, but that's not, it's more complex than that. It's an extreme, it's just, I don't, I honestly, God, I need to talk about it to somebody. Because I think it's such a clown show. I think it's such a circus that, like, you're fine. Like, it's, it's, I don't even want to, there is something that. I read the synopsis of it. You did. I did. Okay. Once it is revealed, 20 minutes in or so, that he, has, that he has outrageously swollen balls. Uh-huh. After that, the, the movie loses all it's sense of... It's hard to be it's, it's hard for it to be upsetting after that. After that, and, af- and, and after that, every conversation is about his fucking balls. Like, it's... <laughs> I, did, I did not know that part. Like, do you... In this, I mean, in the synopsis, does it discuss the the, the creature? Balls? I yes. Is a creature discussed? It, a creature is discussed. It's. But a, I'm trying to pull it from the. It's balls. It's giant. It's balls. This movie is about a man with grotesquely swollen balls and his fear of balls. And what's going on with his balls? It's, Are they it's like also big it's, as grapefruits? It, yes. Oh my god. Oh no. Oh my god. I hit it even. Oh my god. 
Are they as big as the balls on Tiger Woods? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't know if I need to write a parody song or some kind of in-depth dissection yeah. of that song and how maybe Ari Aster maybe was going Ari around. Because yeah. I think they, they might get, I mean, it's, it is, it is, it is somehow. There's this well, deep lore. Okay. It's about his relationship with his mother, which is bad. Yeah. And she does fucked up things to him and he's yeah, sad. That's why I'm not sure I can handle it. Right. Okay. So that's what it's about. But part of how it manifests is she told him that if he ever had sex, he would die immediately. That's. No, please, no. As a result, his balls are incredibly swollen. So all of this is about his balls and his, his fear of his balls. And there's balls everywhere. And the creature is a giant set of balls with, like, a tiny screaming dick on top of it. And, like, you, there's no way to take any of it seriously. I, I don't know if I'm being trolled. I don't know. I, I don't know if I need to write a parody song or like if we need to, or if I need to force a group of people to watch this, which I don't want to do because it is three I, and a half hours long. Of balls, oh my God. Balls, I was like, balls, I feel like I could watch balls, it. Balls, balls, balls. Streamed here. Okay. With, this with might you be guys, with you, but not like on my own. Right. It might uh, be. Okay, so this might happen. That might be something that happens. Oh, Wow. Okay, yeah, that is. Uh, are you not... looking at the creature? How can you take it I seriously? Must... It's impossible. Yeah, everything that's... that happens in this movie is just circus shit. Like even like the tension is very deliciously Ari Aster when it's there, but the yeah. end the end of every scene is like someone running into the room screaming, assaulting someone, or something blowing up, and someone getting thrown in front of a like it's just ludicrous. Yeah, that's it's beyond. It's like how it's like if you wanted to have these scenes of very thick anxiety, like go exactly where your mind thinks they're going to go or something, but it turns into a clown show. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, re, I deeply respect his first two films. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think that what he, unless. Is he unless, punishing his viewers? Unless he's trolling us and punishing us. Yeah. If that's what he's doing, then like this is the most brilliant film ever made. Then then he did what he set out to do because it's. <laughs> I if feel he set trolled. out to do anything else. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, a a novel or a short story. I don't remember if it's how long it is. Um, it's by Thomas Ligotti. I haven't read it, but I, I heard about it today, and now I want to. It's called The Last Feast of the Harlequin. Okay. It's about an anthropologist studying clown festivals. <laughs> okay. And it's a horror book. I'm like, I don't find clowns yeah. scary at all. But it, like, oh God, there's a friend of mine who has this quote. I don't know if he, if it's his or not. Uh, there's nothing funny about a clown by moonlight. And it's, it's kind of like clown festivals. Like a pack of clowns is, is, is not suddenly not as comforting. Um, you mentioned uh, before we started talking about Bo is Afraid that uh, sure. this is a book about grief. Oh, boy. And there's another – the other quote that really stuck with me. Like I I find that um, Cthulhu and the um, the Lovecraft mythos and, and all of these like enormous things beat below the surface, which one cannot perceive and retain one's sanity. Yep. Um, 
there are all kinds of cool metaphors like the you know uh, the unconscious or, or uh, the collective unconscious the singular unconscious whatever that may be there's all kinds of things that you can point to and say oh yes this is like those things um and one of those things for me is trauma um and i think that it's like because it's i think cthulhu makes an especially apt metaphor for this because it is beneath the waters down there. it is beneath the waves it's down there it's it's, not, it's, it's trapped within a structure not exactly dead not exactly dead no. and its dreams can make one mad like there's a lot of these interesting ideas there so there's this quote um and because this is a book so much about grief um i find that really resonates on both the eldritch side and uh, the human suffering side, which is, but there are some things, no matter if they're true, you can't live with them. You have to refuse them. Mm-hmm. You turn your eyes away from whatever's squatting right there in front of you and not only pretend it isn't there now, but that you never saw it in the first place. Uh-huh. You do so because your soul is a frail thing that can't stand the blast furnace heat of revelation and truth be damned. What else can a body do? And like, that is such huh. a, like, it's, that encapsulates the eldritch and grief and traumas like both so perfect. It's like you just, nope, you cannot look at that. Not, you're not gonna look at that at all. Yeah. It's not there. And not only do I not remember it, it never happened. Mm. Um, and this, he really, he gets it. Um, yeah. And the things that like it makes all of the characters who are interacting with the other side of reality uh, that's that's talked about in this book, this, you know, this uh, on the shore of this great ocean, this vast, infinite ocean, and this black city, and the way that in which, like, all of these different grieving or characters feel about it, it's so great. It's so poignant. Like, the, uh, you know, many of them have lost somebody, and then uh-huh. they're, they're fishing, you know, and the, mm-hmm. the things that they dredge up from that digging around in the muck are not good for them. Oh, you know, uh, but then the fisherman, Der Fischer, like that boy is like, he's on a totally other mission. <laughs> he's not trying to get his wife back. No. Uh, before I respond, let me let's do oh, our first. Yeah, let's cut it. Let's cut it. In fact, police have yet to come up with a single eyewitness. Only a few vague reports of young boys or teenagers at the scenes have been. All right. Okay, there it is. Um. Oh yeah, he's he's done with the whole mess. Our yeah. our main our titular character that we don't really realize. Don't really yeah. meet. I wouldn't really say. Oh. You don't really hang out with him. You don't really hang out with him. You do encounter him uh when Dan and Marie or Mary, I don't know which one is Marie, I think, but um I, I it looks like Marie to me. It's got it. Yeah. It looks like I. Marie to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Marie. Um they when they when they're walking and they end up on oh yeah on the shore, that, yeah that's a weird a encounter guy. yeah they meet a guy that's the fisherman right earlier in his life so and is that the first time that he in is it 
I mean, it's it's weird. I don't know how to interpret yeah. it. Well, he's he's mentioned so that because that that doesn't happen until Dan goes to whatever that fishing spot Dutchman's is. Creek. Dutchman's Creek, yeah, yep. Creek. Um, mm-hmm. But he hears about the fisherman who is at that time known as the guest. Yes. Previously, right? Or wait, no, no. The guest is. Oh God, it's no, so the convoluted. Guest, the guest is the fisherman. Yeah, yeah, no, but yeah. like, so does he hear about? Because he goes, they go to the diner, and the guy in the diner tells them the story. Yes, the guy in the Lottie's diner, the one story. who tells them Lottie's story. Yes, yes, okay, yeah. So they hear about Lottie's story from. I mean, Lottie, the, the priest or whoever it was, heard about and it. I, was it a Lottie. priest? Or I don't was know, I'm the, saying that because that's what you said. But. Right, and I feel like I feel like that just came out of my mouth. I feel like that's. I feel like the 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 chef went and talked to Lottie before she died. I feel like that's where the story came from. The diner guy, chef. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got a. I have like a summary that I had pulled up. Uh, I don't no, know. it is priest, Reverend Reverend oh, Mapple. He heard the story his from presence the priest. to an old woman named Lottie. Okay, that's where the the diner guy got the story. From the yeah. Reverend. Okay. The Reverend hears the story from Lottie. Diner chef hears it from Reverend. Yeah. And so it's a, and, it okay. And I just can I quick? I love yeah. that. I love oh, the yeah. upstate upstate New York, which is you know obviously right next to us in New England. Uh huh. Like yep. I love the passed down stories, and this is kind of probably the eighties and stuff. Yeah. You'd, at this point, you know, he does kind of eventually ground it into kind of the modern age. Um, <clears throat> but uh, when this diner situation is going on, this was the time when, you know, there were these old timers with their creepy old stories telling you not to go out into the woods at certain places. Tell You know, giving oh, you yes. those folklore kind of cautionary tale warnings and that whole kind of, yeah... I heard this from this guy that heard it from this guy about that place up in the woods where no one goes. Beautiful There's, aesthetic. Very oh, New England. It is one of my favorites. And well, oh, we grew up with it. Yeah, that kind of just passing around these, yeah, really, passing around these weird folkloric stories about what not to do. Um, do you know offhand when this book was published? I do not know offhand. Uh... Oh, I don't have my phone on me, but I'm going to see if I can find out. The answer it, is it's 2016. 2016. 2016. 2016. Um, okay, wow. Uh, what, what, what exactly do you think this book has to do at all with September 11th, 2001? He spends three pages or so talking about it. That like, I and That's I and it, it felt I, I didn't remember that. If this had been published in two thousand and two, because I read a few books in the two thousands where people felt they had to mention that it right. had happened, and you uh, can't not talk about it. I really don't feel like thematic. It felt out of place, and that's why I ask. So that's really interesting. Yeah, he def because and it, I mention it now because he does eventually kind of put his timeline together. And, you know, say that this all kind of happened before the 90s and then now it's 
beyond 2001, and he mentions that that happened and talks about it a lot, kind of, or at least for a couple, yeah. for a couple pages. I was I went to the the author's wiki to see if like there was any note about any connection to uh, to September 11th, you know, family or, or, yeah. or something else. Mm. It's also the kind of thing though that because it like it's like if you are of an age to have been conscious at that time, you, you like you know where you were kind of thing. Um, so it is a, a thing that orients a person in time. You can like yeah, point to it and be like, yeah. and it really does. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like people used to say they knew where they were when JFK. Right. I'm doing a, some quick math here. I'm not sure if I. I I'm not sure if we kind of if I kind of derailed when we were talking about the encounter when they when they encounter the young fisherman. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Well, I mean, the the only other thing that. I th that was noteworthy there is that it tells you that the fish person, fish, yeah. fish creature that Whitefish. is with Dan is not Marie. Yeah. It just, he sees it as Marie because yeah. the fisherman sees it as his wife. Oh, and speaks, speaks to it as though it's his wife. I may not have captured that exactly and we certainly know that the fisherman began his journey very similar to the way that our our sort yeah. of outer edge of the sandwich characters the journey that they are on okay that makes sense was, i like that okay good oh uh, yeah there was something that i was trying to find uh about the Appalachian Mountains okay. that I had. It's like I, I have a list of things that like really I, that people have written that I've seen online that are really, uh, really good. And I don't think I'm going to find it enough uh, quickly enough to to be worthwhile. But it's essentially like people who live in the Appalachians or live near the Appalachians. We know that like these mountains are old. Mm -hmm. They're older than us. Oh. And they don't they don't care about you older than the trees yeah so i'll i'll text it to you some other time if i find it but it's it's a good one uh, but yeah exactly that's that that's that uh that up that upstate new york aesthetic yep and parts oh, of connecticut have it yeah. absolutely oh it's sort of massachusetts sort of it's in vermont and all these other places but uh yeah it was a lot of fun growing up in the inside of that and fun is both meant with truly heartfelt feeling and also firmly ensconced in air quotes fun. <laughs> oh yeah oh boy <clears throat> something that i find bone chilling a little detail i find bone chilling in this book yeah um the character dan is the character who is in a well, he's involved in a car disaster that causes his family to perish, and he's out. <clears throat> he's out looking to to get you know one more, you know, one more yep. dance, one more time. Yeah. Uh, he reads in his grandfather's journal two words, and I don't exactly recall the name of his grandfather's wife. I'm going to say Joy, 
but his his grandfather's fishing journal where he notes, you know, I caught this fish, I did this, I did this, and where he was in Dutchman's Creek saw joy. His dead yeah. life. And that's it. And they and that 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 those two words keep getting mentioned as Dan is kind of explaining his obsession. He keeps thinking about these two words. Saw yeah. joy. Jesus Christ. I have Jesus a good friend. Christ. Who and it's it's so well done. It's so it's so so I have I have a friend who has a cabin in the Adirondacks. No running water or no running water, no electricity, like stacked logs. It was built multiple generations ago and it's been passed from person to person. Awesome. And the in that cabin there is uh, a notebook that was started by the first person who built the place with that that the, like a man made out of old iron and beef jerky. Yeah, like the yeah. guy chopped the trees down himself he cleared out like hundreds of like kilos of uh of dirt and, and you know it's it's really an amazing thing that he did on oh, his own but yeah. um he's got this so this journal it'll be like rained today saw a deer and then the next one is like went fishing caught a trout you know two pounds or however much fish weigh i don't know sure. um, <laughs> but the the fishing journal that you're talking about yeah it, it reads exactly it's that is yeah. that kind of thing that is so like yes if you've read anything from the people of this that time period who did those types of things who were like going out fishing yeah it's succinct and that's all he would say yeah saw yeah. joy saw joy jesus god the whole the whole thing about this layer underneath the world that we live on yeah, just I I sort of yeah, I told you that there I I do need now I need to. Now I've talked about this enough. I need to collect officially the list of media that speaks to me in this way oh, about man. about this thing that is this thing that a lot of people are really aware of and also just also the idea that that that's probably more real than whatever than whatever kind of illusion we yeah. are experiencing. That that podcast or YouTube channel that I was talking about starting, yes, uh, that is exactly what I wanted to do it about. Is okay. this, this fucking thing? Um, this illusion, holy shit, sat upon this other this, layer that. <sighs> the weird but though it's not just that it doesn't even really capture it it's like maya i mean uh the pindu like uh the world as illusion okay um like there are so many different like spiritual and religious and philosophical like plato's allegory of the cave there's like all these different ways of saying like oh yeah what we're seeing is some bullshit mm -hmm. um and there's uh, a deeper layer. And some people say like, yeah, and if you take a hard look at it, you don't come back okay. <laughs> and that's the stuff that yes. I want to think about. Great. No, Particularly this okay. time of year. Yeah. Um, I love to explain the, the cave and you yeah. know, the people and they can only see the shadows and stuff. I love to 
like if someone doesn't know what I'm talking about, I love to explain it, and then I love to and like I explain, I say it like you know, there's this town in Greece where there's this cave, and he's got these prisoners, right? And uh, yeah. then I say, do you know who those men are? And they're like, no. And I say, it's us. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> That's a great stinger. Oh, man. Uh, my nieces and nephews are like, you know, around that eight-year-old age. They're going to be perfectly primed for that. That's, awesome. next, That's really next, great. Well, because next, next campfire time when, you know, everybody's like, oh, let's tell a spooky ghost story. <laughs> tell Plato's uh, allegory of the cave. Yeah, that's and that's yeah. So it's obviously an old, a really old. And we, I talked to, at some point we talked about some guy's demon. I'm not sure if it was on the pop podcast or something. Not to something we haven't. I feel like we were looking at some game and talking about it. I don't. I honestly. Anyway, there's somewhere somewhere in the 1500s, a guy was like told a story about a demon. It, it's called like Descartes' demon or something. I don't, oh, okay. know if, yeah. I don't know if Descartes is correct, but it's basically the guy says, how could you know that everything around you is not the creation of a demon and you're a sim? Basically, the guy said, there's going to be this video game called The Sims and it's going to explain my idea. I'm not sure if it was Descartes. And I wish I knew when... I think it's, it's Descartes' uh, evil demon argument. I just give it a quick Google. There you go. That's okay. So that's what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, this this layer that you might get a glimpse of that is not yeah just that you cannot that you you cannot process that would be unhealthy yeah. to look at that you might accidentally turn the wrong corner in crouch end and get a oh, glimpse yes. you might look through the wrong hedge uh-huh and sometimes the they might get be tuned lost to forever. the wrong dimension yeah. when you happen to glance into it and it's not reflecting your world right then. <laughs> this happens in a lot of video games, but way a long time ago, I think a lot about the horror that I felt the first time I was walking along in World of Warcraft and suddenly I fell through the skin of the world. Oh. And, I could, <laughs> and, I, and I was falling and I could look up and see the inside out world. And, you know, it's such a silly thing. And now... I've played a lot more video games, and that is something that happens going out of bounds. But going out of bounds, out, yeah. going out of bounds in video games scares me. It scares me in a more than <laughs> I'm going to die in the game level because I feel right. like it's something that I may have done. Right. It's, well, you've made a you've made essentially something equivalent to like a social contract with the game. Yeah. Where it's going to behave in certain ways. That yeah. And you're going to trust it to model the ways that in which it will behave authentically and then when it perverts that the part of your brain that you have dedicated to modeling that as a kind of reality mm -hmm. is thrown on its ear yeah i always think it's about like, like man yeah i always think about there what are times, like, when i'm playing you know any well really and i have a fear of water in general but like mm -hmm. yes same i anytime i'm swimming in Ugh. Any video game, I'm always, I'm always thinking oh, in, a like, in a video game. I'm always thinking, wouldn't it be crazy if the if the designers put like just some giant monster that just swallows you? <laughs> even though in in a game where it obviously isn't going to be like that, I'm always just like, boy, wouldn't it? 
the, the developers really should have tried to scare the shit out of me yeah. individually by having a giant monster swallow me. Well, me also, I've just street. climbed up onto my chair <laughs> so that my feet are touching the ground. This is horrible. After we talk, I'm, I have to go out and check to make sure the yard isn't flooded. Like, I can't, like, this is... God, we're a tether. Really, we are really having, like, the, the climactic the moment of the fisherman. 15-year flood is lapping up at the edges of my porch. Like, it's getting into the garden. Uh, let's, take a, let's take a cut right here. And with less than six hours left, I think we should take some phone calls. Hello, caller. Hello. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Go ahead. We're listening. I just believe in the door. Mom, I love you. And Dad, I miss you. Sorry. It's okay. So yeah, really, that. We will talk about that thing, that dark thing that is underneath all oh, of this. Oh, here's another quote uh, that's Great. about that one. All right. Um, it's about what happens when Lottie's in the closet. Okay, yeah, that's what that's what I what I what I refer to as the storeroom. Yeah, uh, or yeah, the storeroom. No, you're well, you're that's because you're right. Oh, okay. um, one second she's standing in a dark closet full of reek of death. The next she's looking out at a vast black ocean. Great foaming waves rear and collapse as far as the eye can see, while overhead churning clouds flicker with lightning. Here was true enormity. Now faced with the black ocean, she confronts a vastness that makes the Atlantic seem little more than a pond. As she watches, huge backs slide up and out of the b- and back under the waves. Lottie's reasonably sure they aren't whales, since no whale she knows of sports rows of spikes down its spine. She has the sense of more and bigger beasts waiting beneath the water's surface, forms as immense as a nightmare. The ocean is everywhere. Not only does it stretch to the horizon in all directions, it's under everything as well. I don't mean underground, I mean it's fundamental. It's what's around us. As as a picture, then this is what it's drawn on. Reverend Mapple has a word for it, the subjectile. Lottie said it was like if you cut a hole in the air, black water would come pouring out of it. And that right there is the stuff. This is such a good if you, book. If you cut a hole in the air, black water would come pouring. It's everywhere. It's underneath everything. It's behind everything. More and bigger beasts. Yes. Also. That's a, that would also be a great name for a, uh, a podcast. Holy shit. Yeah. Or a band. Uh, I, you know, I, I attribute most of the things that, so there, there's a category of experiences in my life that I'm like, I could either attribute it to that, la- that layer getting thin, uh-huh. or I could attribute to the tricks that the mind plays, right. you know, with, with itself and, yeah. you know, human as, experiences as you do. completely subjective mm-hmm. by necessity. It's just a, a kludge of workarounds and sensory data that is not trustworthy. Like I remember walking down the street when I lived in New York uh, state and I saw something on the ground and I tried to look at it twice and I couldn't not like I was like, Oh, I don't want to look at that. It was like, I think it might've been roadkill with the, the way that I remember it is a pile of glistening black snakes boiling with flies so, you know, okay, so maybe that was some intestines or something. But no, like it wasn't 
it was something wrong about it. But the, the thing that I remember the most about it was that every time that I tried to look at it, my eyes slid off it like Ooh, oil on a hot skillet. Yeah. I tried twice and I just like I was and it wasn't freaky. It was just like I looked at it and then it just bloop, bloop, and I just kept walking past. And then later I thought back about it. I was like, I have no idea what I was looking at. <laughs> it was like a, and it, it was, that, that was a weird experience. And it's it reminds me of the uh, werewolf. Um, oh, the delirium, the delirium where you just nope. Oh, I did that. Can't did, look at that. Exactly. And Werewolf the Apocalypse is, touches exactly upon this. Yeah. I did. Yeah. The I, didn't, I'm not, I didn't look at that. I'm not going to. Yeah. No. That, that's, that's not what necessary. humans. Yeah. Are not. It's Well, in Werewolf, it's because we are we have genetic memory of when we were hunted by werewolves. Being hunted. Or, but, but I mean, yeah. But, yeah. but still, the idea of I, I know in me instinctively that I shouldn't look at that. So I'm just not going to. Yeah. I, I have experiences like that. And I feel like I become aware of them through memory. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like I check on a memory and I think and to like, myself, why didn't I actually, like, look at whatever it was? I definitely why remember, didn't I respond like, to that? yeah, I definitely, like, think about certain, and I don't, I wish I had a, really, I wish I had an example, but I definitely remember trying to picture something or trying to remember mm-hmm. what happened. And in my memory, I will remember like specifically kind of looking at something and then not. And I'll realize that I actually like looked away from something before absorbing it. And I, and therefore I don't really know what I saw. Yeah. I am nodding with a delighted and terrified smile. Yeah. Human experience. Yeah. 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 It's essentially like a campfire story. That's exactly, and that's almost, that's kind of what I was saying about these passed around folkloric cautionary yeah. stories. Yeah, campfire. This is a, yeah, oh boy. Oh, well, I, I meant the, the experience of consciousness is a campfire story. Oh, great. That's beautiful. I it's love that. Like, yo, how about this illusion we're living in is a fucking right? campfire story? Gently exactly. Down the stream, motherfucker. Uh huh. Uh huh. I don't know if. I don't know if I would put this one, uh, the the book I'm about to mention, not The Fisherman. Yeah. If for some reason, if someone has listened this far and has not read The Fisherman, shame on you. Yeah. Now go read it. Still go. Delete but, this memory. Yeah. <laughs> Look away from this podcast. The book I'm about to it. mention. Yeah. It's not urgent. It's not on your urgent to read list. Right. But it, it because it, I'm. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say oh, I just it's thought of one. I don't want to say it's not great, but it definitely doesn't really it it scratches the surface of the stuff we're talking about about there mm-hmm. being there being a layer and if you really and it and this one actually kind of gets into what is actually happening on that layer. It is called Revival by Stephen King. But I don't know if it's urgent. Taking, you know, I, I almost feel like if you've read The Fisherman, you know, you don't need to read Revival right, right. away, actually. <laughs> you kind of, it's very similar, I <laughs> because guess. Because you get it? Yeah. Well, I, I, I am always looking for more stuff to read. Revival is definitely I, about what's going on underneath. It occurred to me that you might be about to say House of Leaves. Have uh, you read that? I... 
I don't it's like not, getting it's trolled. It's not for everyone. I did read it. I looked at, I'll tell you what, I looked at every page of it. <laughs> I didn't turn it upside down and read part of it backwards. I read it. That's fair. It, I didn't want to go, fair. I didn't want to play a game with it. Honestly, I didn't like it enough to, re- at the time, mm-hmm. at the time yeah. when I was 22 or something, I was, n- I, I did not feel engaged with it or interested enough to really dig into the backwards parts and the flip i don't know if you have to do a flip cartoon or something or no it's uh it is well maybe i should revisit yeah go ahead um that i think are not yeah this isn't bad stuff so i mean there's multiple different stories going on in there and Mm -hmm. the net the the navidson record is the one that i find most interesting johnny truant's story i uh cuts in ways like his stories of like desperation and uh like drug use and like okay. running out of money and all that so i'm like uh there's this time in my life that i'm well when past is, now that i don't yeah. need to get back to um that's probably what i was interested when i in when i was reading it and the rest of it seemed like right it has a kind nonsense. of fight clubian sort okay. of atmosphere sure. like oh, yeah 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 that, that the, kind of thing johnny truant the Johnny Truant stuff, sure. yeah, for but sure, yeah. The um, the the physical stuff that you're describing, um, when you if you're reading the book and you're really into it, um, it generates this a, a like in a weird meta kind of way a similar feeling of lostness and dislocation okay. mm-hmm. that the characters are experiencing within their narrative. Um, and it can be really diegetic. It's, it's, and it's super cool in that way. But like only if you're digging the story and the, the stuff that's going on or stories and the interplay between them. So again, I would put that like, it might be worth a revisit, but there's other stuff to read too. And it's one yeah. of my favorite books, but it's, it is not a book that is for everyone. I have an extreme at this point. I have to stop writing like the next Books thing. Down that I, I want to look at on this because it's now, I mean, well, I need to take a picture of this and, you know, make it wipe it off, write it down on a piece of paper now, because this is, oh yeah and because I do, this is not like, this is not, not maintained. It's not like I don't erase things once I look at them or take care of them. So like yeah. right now I just, and, but a lot of this is stuff I have to read or experience. Oh, he's pointing or, at a whiteboard yeah. that's behind him on the wall. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For, for our listeners um the uh yeah yeah for me it's like i download kindle samples of okay. any book that someone recommends to me okay and then when i'm in i open my kindle app and i'm like oh, I don't know. and if if it's someone who's very strident about it i will write down in a note separately on my phone like recommended by so-and-so okay. so that when yeah. i've read it i can go back and be like holy f that you know that was great or why did you do that to me <laughs> You want to do some workshopping? Yeah. Okay. Here's the problem. Okay. The, the The title is perfect, but it's just it, it as it's such a spoiler that it would actually deflate the story. The title is "The Six People You Meet in Hell." So you may That's know. A great title. So there is, you know, there's a book called "The Six People You Meet in Heaven." Uh, that sounds familiar. Okay. Um. 
<laughs> this, this was the other thing that I... This is the thing I said something old that I fully spoil. Here we go. Full spoilers for the however many people you meet in heaven. I don't know if I'm going to get it exactly right, because there, it's a punchline book. So again, really, I mean, I'm going to, before I talk about, before this episode, I'm definitely going to be saying this, we spoil all kinds of things. I don't know if I'll have a full list of them. This is for the six people you meet in heaven. Um, I'm not sure if he meets, you know, and as you might expect, it's sort of six kind of small stories where he resolves something with six people in his life or, and they may be... You know, it might be like his father and then one of his children and people related to him in certain ways. And it might be that everyone, you know, meets someone that was from the generation before. The generation, you know, there's some kind of structure here, right? But the punchline is that the last person he meets is a young child that he accidentally murdered in Vietnam. So it becomes extremely oh. horrific, right? Oh my goodness. It becomes an extremely horrific story. Uh, and that's the spoil. And maybe I should have asked you if I shouldn't have spoiled it, but this is sort of a, uh, I, don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. If, I don't know if I would recommend this one or if you, it's sort of a homey kind of boomery kind of book. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but so my story I'm, I, that I was thinking about, I just, I can't, they saying that he's in hell from the beginning ruins it. Cause I'm not gonna, my guy's not going to be, dead it's going to mm -hmm. be about someone that it's going to be about a troubled young man of course drugs and crime of course but you Actually. know through through six people in his life that he bonds with and is able to work through you know six of his particular problems and traumas and kind of resolve things he is able to become whole and you know feel complete and at balance with the world which is at the point that those six people sit him down and point out to him where in the timeline he committed suicide, which would have been right before those, he, oh. right before he, you know, became reacquainted or repaired his, began to repair his relationships with those people. Yeah. And that he is in hell. And the first part of hell is showing you that, you know, it could have gotten better, but you fucked up. So that is heartbreaking. And I love it. Also, I could. It feels as though the first thing that you want to do to someone in hell is to make them happy, right? So that you have more to take. There, there's a Twilight Zone episode. I, I feel. Oh, yeah. I feel like I may have mentioned it to you recently. It's entirely possible. It's about a gambler but... and. He goes, he dies, and, you know, an angel is like, here you go, go to the gambling hall, you'll always win, you have all the cigarettes, all the cigars you want, here's all the booze you want, all the women are in love with you, they want to sleep with you, every, every dice is going to be whatever you want it to be, and you're going to win, yeah. and, and in about five days, he goes to the angel, and he's like, I don't, I don't like it here, you can, you can send me to the other place, or you said, I don't, I wish I knew exactly what the angel's line was, but it's like, it's something along the lines of, what made you think you were in the good place? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great... Ugh. Yeah. So that's the... And that's really... That's the whole thing right there. Yeah. I was, have... Um, the thing... The next thing I was going to say is a tangent. So if you have more on that, go. Well, I, this is sort of a tangent, but the reason I was thinking about 
the title the six people you meet in hell mm-hmm. <laughs> is because i think that that should be the title of senwa's sacrifice and my head canon oh. <laughs> that's right i saw that in your chat my head canon is that she killed these six men right you understand what i'm saying is that every single yes. combat you fight the exact same six guys like not even yeah. like and that's the problem it's not that there's too many guys to fight it's that Every single combat is one room, same right. six guys. One guy with Each a shield, guy with antlers two, and a sword. two guys, yeah, one guy with, the, and then one big guy and same guys. So, she killed those guys. Mm-hmm. And now she's in hell, and that's why she's so upset. You know about a guy called Thundercles? I he, I do not. He was a big robot. He lived next to Brack. Like. Brack, Space Ghost Brack? Yes, he would say, six guys will thrill him. Six guys will fill him. Why don't you feed him? Six guys. I like. I can't believe how many times the words six guys came out of my mouth while I was screaming and eventually Fighting. giving up on Hellblade. Continuous sacrifice. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> The six fights you fight in hell. The six guys you fight in hell. The six guys six you guys fight, you in, fight hell. in hell. Yes. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, that's it. So yeah. Really beautifully. That's fantastic. Really beautifully put together game with goddamn six guys times sixty. They're doing a new Toxic Avengers movie. Oh yeah. Toxic Avenger movie. I saw yes. the trailer today. Your oh. your green shirt made me think of toxicness and oh it's Godzilla, Godzilla. Yeah, I realize yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah. another uh, Cthulhu metaphor rises no, up out of the totally. ocean causes lots R- of mm. rises out of the depths well, yeah um have you heard of a play called the weir the weir w-e-i-r that is correct no I've not oh man I mean, there was a Broadway, I think, or maybe it was off-Broadway, but there was a... I, I don't think it's still playing. That was supposedly really good. I saw it in a little repertory theater in Cape Cod that had been made... It's, it takes place in a pub. And it is... Oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to see if I can find a copy, and we should just watch it. It is a little pub, an a little Irish pub in ireland and it is basically some people in a in a pub being like you know a weird thing happened to me once oh, boy. and then another person saying yeah you know a weird thing happened to me once oh, boy. and the when i saw the yeah. play the the it was a tiny theater you know and they had made the whole theater into a pub and like where the seats were like basically pub seating and so you're sitting there in a pub and you just felt like you were listening to some patron other patrons talking and it was phenomenal really immersive um but yeah i think i'm pretty sure there's there are copies online so i think there's some on youtube like that are legit so i'll find it sounds amazing yeah it is exactly what i'm talking about it is exactly what we're talking about yeah that there's one one time I saw something weird. I remember telling yeah. you about not graveyard shift, gray matter. Gray matter is is a Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Gray matter is the one where the kid's father like drinks fungus beer and turns into a blob. But 
there it's but it's told the story is told through like a bunch of you know old guys that hang around the porch of the convenience store telling about weird things they saw in one you know what i don't know if what i'm about to say is in graveyard shift or graveyard shift and gray matter they, they touch on the same thing anyway but someone says something like you know he's talking about seeing things you're not supposed to see and he's yeah. and he says you know he knew someone that would work in, that worked in the sewers and one time he went down there and he saw it and he saw a spider web a spider web full of spiders the size of kittens but he never went in the sewers again and just you know yeah. he saw something he never I thought like he just never should have seen yeah just after like, and, like i i think after that time that i heard that thing on the radio yes i stopped listening to the radio at night yeah good idea like it's just smart that that might be the move yeah uh let's take a let's take a cut take a cut of the end of civilization, then Lichmach at work now leaves the air. We hope you have enjoyed our programming, but more importantly, we hope you have enjoyed life. Just a reminder, 72 hours remaining until the end of the world. I've told you about Lisey's story. It's also Lisey's? It's a Stephen King book, Lisey's story. Um, I think so. That sounds familiar. That is the one where the thing I like to say comes from, which is never look in a mirror after dark. Uh, that's so that's so that and real and that's the big so that's <laughs> that 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 book is about a lot of things. But the big the super it's about a lot of you, I mean, that might, that might touch on the kind of things you don't like. Like, it, it's about, <laughs> like that one's very upsetting and about trauma. Family but, trauma? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, but it's, but the, the supernatural part of it yeah. is about why you should not look, you should not. <sighs> not in, not around here. You don't look in the mirror after yeah. dark. You just, Mm-mm. not no. what you do. Yeah. We That's all not, know. We all not, know. We know yeah. not to do it in this house. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I have a theory. Uh, well, a semi theory, more like it was an idea for a story um, or a reason that things might be the way they are. Um, and I'm sure I am not the first person to come up with it, so I don't lay claim to that. But um, it was while I was commuting uh, on the train to work back in the mid 2000s and i had like a three-hour commute each way and it was exhausting and a lot of time to think and feel dislocated from time and space and uh i remember thinking that in the the way in which reality may be somewhat fluid and determined by like our experience of cognition um we Every time that you go up to a window or every time you walk through a door, you are thinking and on some level, and now I am moving from one place to another. 
Okay. We're standing at a window. And now I am looking from one place into another. And so unlike all of the other places that we spend time, those places get worn thin. All right. And so that's why you always see ghosts standing at windows or ghosts moving from one room to another. Because those are the places where we have been thinking for years and years and years. Many, many different people have been thinking in those places, this is a place where you move from one place to another place. This is a place where you look from one place to another place. And I think mirrors are the same way in this narrative or speculative truth, fiction, whatever. But we know that mirrors are backwards. Yeah. It's not quite the same. It's not the same thing. I like that. I get yeah. that. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like places where people don't go to often, but, uh -huh. but, but, but that, that people have access to like, you know, yeah. be, behind the store, behind the chain link fence with the dumpster, that weird little liminal mm -hmm. space where you can go behind the other store places where people yeah. don't really go that often. I feel like those, yeah. those places get very thin, like the, yeah. the, the warmth of life prevents some places from thinning yes weird little, little, little nightmares right little places this where... is what little nightmares is all about okay yeah Th it, it, ambient ambience wise ambiance um yeah i i, I absolutely the warmth of life keeps it's like a a campfire again it's like yeah. a little torch it keeps the the yellow eyes at bay or yeah. whatever it else Weird, mouths. weird forgotten rooms in the backs of earthen basements and, you know, weird little clearings <laughs> at the edge of the creek you might find after walking down a path you never noticed before and won't again. Yeah. There's, um, uh, the other friend of mine with whom I talk about this stuff, uh, has, I don't know if it's still something he thinks about or but he said when we were in like in our teens, we were actually at boy's house at a party. Um, so this is, that's how far going, how far back it is. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, you do. <laughs> um, I, so do I, uh, but, uh, the, he said, I, he sometimes wonders if there is like, I'm trying to think of a sense, a piece of sensory input, um, like a, you could use it for any sense. You could be like, so there's a texture or mm -hmm. there's a frequency or a tone or there's a flavor or like whatever the, the sense data is that is associated with wrongness. And I mean, he, he, at the, certainly at the time, uh, was a very, like, there is a legitimate, uh, metaphysical good and metaphysical evil. So he, he used it in, he couched it in those terms. Okay. He was like, He's like, I think that there are certain things that are associated with actual evil and that we don't actually know what they are, but there is a part of us that does and we respond to it. Okay. And so, like, there are certain sounds that you can hear and horror play on with these sounds a lot. You know, like, they do them with dissonant violins and oh, things yeah. like this. And they Fairly. make you feel, uh, like, the, what is it, the... Uh, I want to call it the discomfort engine, but it's not that. It's the anxiety. Do you remember the guy who did the sounds for the witch? He made a he made an instrument uh, that is. Oh, he. Oh, really? The apprehension engine. That's what he called okay. it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and it's like a, I, a fucking instrument designed to make you uncomfortable. I know the noise it makes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
you certainly do. Yeah. yeah and so this uh, this friend's theory was that like there's stuff that we that some part of us, some old old part of us, can remember or pick oh. up on. Yeah, for sure. Like one hundred. Yes, you're. Yeah. You're both correct that, about that. That's, that seems to be the case, that doesn't is it? Absolutely. That's what I'm, Yeah, we know. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in our lizard minds, we know that we shouldn't be doing this shit. <laughs> yeah. This is why you keep cats around. Oh, yeah. Because they, you know, oh my God, one of them did. Boy, one of mine did something real, really, really nasty to me. I almost. Wow. Now going back to it, I don't even have a full memory of exactly how she pulled it off. But she was like. I was, you know, I got close to her and I was like petting her and mm -hmm. she kind of looked uh, like a little bit over my shoulder and like suddenly like became alert, like looking right past my gaze and then oh. like stood up with her ears like pointed backwards oh, and like no. looked Don't. directly. And I feel like, I feel like she may have like slowly. Yeah, no, that's what it is. She looked up and she was looking kind of behind me to my left, but she stood up and then slowly turned her head so she was looking right above and behind me and then oh, you know no, and then her eyeballs that. got bigger <laughs> and i don't remember the rest of that night it's super weird i, I see and i and obviously i was very high but i don't even but i don't i know i remember that happening um one time, two of them did it to me at once in synchronization no no they they both looked at the door Suddenly, like they both sat upright yeah. and looked at the door and then very slowly their gaze turned, went, you know, followed across the kitchen and slowly turned to look right next to me. <sighs> they do it on purpose. So, yeah. Uh, to let the thing that they're looking at know that they see it, and that yeah. they can't fuck with their friend. Hopefully. Let's, say, let's hopefully, say it's that. Hopefully it's, I mean, I mean, I hope that if there is an entity coming in, that that's what's going yeah. on. But they they're might like, just be. You're on watch. They might just be trying to scare me. Yeah, it's also possible. Um, that would be the kind of thing that they would enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that same friend uh, that I was mentioning, we we were talking many years ago about this type of thing um and the trouble with trying to talk to other people about it um because it's particularly trauma. When, <laughs> that's what it is yeah because it's trauma what, and also that's what like, we're talking about <laughs> when that when thing you, under the surface Go, sorry when you when you have an experience of a thing that is not uh readily explainable um, and you want to tell somebody about it mm. you're basically presenting them with a choice yeah. uh, and that choice is you can either completely adjust your paradigm of reality and believe me or not believe me Yeah. and one of those is a lot easier to do mm -hmm. and in fact one of them is possible to do yeah <laughs> it's, really, it's really what tends to happen yeah um, I had a fucking I'm not this is not I there's no way that what I'm about to say is true. I'm saying something that I'm saying a thought that occurred mm -hmm. to me. I have a okay, feeling I have a feeling that I had a psychologist that quit because of something I said to her. <laughs> that I had we made an appointment 
And the next time yeah. I showed up at the appointment, she didn't work there anymore. And I had said something to her about the things that were going on underneath this world. And and then yeah. I told her about a thing and a conversation I had had that did that could not have actually happened. And I told her about all of this and the next uh -huh. time and the next time I went to meet with her she was not there. She didn't work there anymore. Yeah. So and that yeah. was like the one time. That was the one time I ever like really told someone let it out what I thought yeah. was going on around here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then you learned. And you learned your lesson. I, you just, yeah, I sure did. Yeah. So that's and that's. Well, I mean, she's essentially the, she's the Lovecraftian protagonist. Yeah, she's like I went to the the, <clears throat> the in the Lovecraft. It would be the asylum, and I talked to a person who had seen through the veil. Yeah, she and asked I have me, not been okay since. She asked me one too many questions about, you know, she the asked nature. she asked me Thanks. one too many questions about what I had seen. Yeah. So, the horror of trespass. I mean, we've kind oh. of we've kind of talked about a Buick Eight, but that's the quote, man. Yeah, that is the quote. I was, uh, and that's really it. I mean, that God, that sums up a lot of the stuff we're talking about. Yeah, the encounter, You're the encounters with the. Uh, this is not for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was the Buick. I was. I really enjoyed a Buick Eight, uh, or no, from a Buick Eight. That's what's called. Yes. Um, and I was not. I wasn't sure what to expect going in, um, because my experience with King's work is like so polar. Um, sure. In that sometimes it really clicks with like his version of horror really really clicks with me. Um, and his version of the strange and the unworld, the otherworldly, and sometimes it feels uh, like it, it. It reads to me that's in a in a way that's almost comedic. Um, oh, oh, oh. Mm. And so I wasn't sure, like, because I've heard the title from a Buick Eight, and I was like, from a car, monsters coming out of a Buick, yeah. like. Okay, sure. I, mm -hmm. uh, all right. You're a genius. You're an incredibly successful author. I would love to be a, like, author that has, uh, no one has heard of. Like, I, I, you clearly are doing something right that I want to do. So anything, any aspersions that I cast on how your shit lands with me, fucking disregard, right? But, like, at the same time, uh, some of it felt, so, some, of, some of the stuff that I've read has not landed with. Right. Some of his Our work is, with again incredibly cartoony, like Bo is a friend. Yes, kind of, that's that's like a good it, way to put it. Cartoony, yeah, really. It can it can it can land very silly, uh, and and over the didn't... top, and like annoyingly over the top, especially with some of his abusive villains. They're mm, just so yes. so abusive. That bad. particular character, so, yeah. And there is one guy that you see, and he's kind of in Abuicate for a tiny bit. In the end, there's like a bad oh, yeah, drunk yeah, yeah, yeah. guy. Yep. Yeah, the bad drunk guy. The bad yeah. drunk guy. <laughs> there's you know, yeah. but there's you know, that that bad guy, the asshole, who is just going to be the biggest problem and in everyone's way and saying the worst things and yep. you know potentially abusing his children at the same time. <laughs> like, yeah, 
So yeah, that, that a guy, real, real that, piece of work. That energy, yeah, the real piece, yeah, a real yeah. piece of work. That's what King fucking describes yeah. them as. Yeah, a villainous they, Karen, villainous male Karen. Yeah. Well, I guess Mrs. Carmody, Miss Carmody, is uh, in the mist. Uh, oh, she is. Yeah, boy. Um, but a Buick Eight, you know, it also I think the thing that made it really work for me, um, you know, hearkening back to that like story told by a person by a person passed down campfire story kind of thing. It's these people who have what essentially amounts like a very like blue collar job, a very like prosaic workaday experience of life like this is a car accident there's someone's head over there that's incredibly terrible how are we going to clean this up yep like that's like that's the the job that they have to do and so when they're like yeah and then spoilers for buick 8 everybody uh that like this thing came out of the trunk and flapped around and it was like a bat but it wasn't like a bat i'm not like weird like no it just it grounds it this is a person who does not have any flights of and they are so when they say this shit happened i'm like really unsettled by it yeah and i think that 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 vehicle really works no no pun no pun intended (laughs) uh it's it is very concise this is one of his tighter novels uh and it it is it really does the really the plain the, the, and now at this time in my life, I'm realizing that those the play the story is in their workaday life and the things mm-hmm. they're experiencing and cleaning up body parts and the hard the normal horrors that they see. Having yeah. that layer of reality is why these stories work on me because just like the guy in hell, you got to put mm-hmm. something there in order to shatter it and in order to yeah. drop him in order to drop him through the world of Warcraft. Uh, and this, this really, and, and it's also, it, it goes back to the old timers telling their stories and the eighties and nineties, boy, my whole, my world, my life was absolutely just ruined by the internet when it came along. Everything, <laughs> everything good. I, let's, yeah, I mean, I, I, I say that every day, so we don't need to talk about that, but, but that, that's sort of the small town, honest, you know, people with their honest relationships with each other. Is something King is really good at, and it's a real way yeah. to make. And you really believe when they start telling these stories about these things started happening that just were incorrect from a world that yeah. we're just incompatible with, where yeah. they can't, these things can't even breathe or exist here. Yeah, and it doesn't read like he's trying to scare you. There's not a lot of when, danger. Yeah, when and when the things happen and are upsetting. It's like to use the metaphor of police work, it's not like the person who is coming after you with a knife that you have to be worried about as the police officer. It's like, and then I saw this incredibly traumatic thing and now I have to like go home to my family. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's the, the fear of the things that come out of the Buick. It's the same kind of fear. It's it's very it's not like oh no and then you know the scary thing tried to get me it's like no and then the scary thing happened and I was there and I saw it again I the last when we talked about the fisherman I felt inclined to jump right ahead right to the climax so I'm going to do that uh-huh. again 
Yeah, go. Uh, the what I consider the climax of this book reminded me of <clears throat> is his name Peter Watts. Oh yes, a short story that he wrote called "The Things." Oh, it's so good. In the climax of a Buick Eight from a Buick Eight, a not humanoid creature, but a creature that can maybe be considered advanced and probably mm-hmm. has thoughts. Well, does yep. have thoughts because they receive a bunch of its thoughts. They receive them, and they're and, all, yeah. And what it is thinking is, "Oh my God, look at these things!" Yeah, these. What things the are fuck terrible. are these? I can't and be in a world with me. these. What the? <laughs> I'm immediately being attacked by these yeah. fucking monster creatures. I just wandered yeah. through this weird doorway I found, and the worst things I've ever seen. How can yeah. these things these even exist? Like repulsive. Alien creatures, <clears throat> humans. Yeah, we are breaking yeah. it by existing just the way yeah. that it is doing it to our world. It really, and that's really that's what this is about. Yeah, and what a lot of this I is sometimes, about. I sometimes wonder <laughs> about that. I'm like, you know, are are we projecting in any way into other realities boy, in which we are? Boy, if. If certain, if if a reality of gentle people occasionally got glimpses of some of the real things happening Ooh. here, because like that was actually one of the most upsetting parts of the story for me, like the 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 spoilers, the kid's dad getting killed, uh, you know, early on in the book, well before the book starts, the the audience insert character that the stories are being told to, yeah. Uh, like his dad dying, like there's all, all kinds of, you know, the, the tanker truck, people getting sucked into the Buick, like all of those things were horrible, but other the characters who you've come to care about having their minds contaminated is by the experience of themselves being monsters, killing a monster, a thing they like, ugh. It just makes you want to take your skin off. Yeah. Well, maybe not, but still. <clears throat> I like my skin. Let me do a let me do a cut. A cut. Okay, great. This is great, by the way. By the way, I'll tell you what. I mean, I'll, I probably will at the end. But let me let me say thank you for being here and talking to me. About oh, my, all this. my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, I really enjoy these conversations, um, and if these this this particular genre of conversation as well uh, are, are really really fun to get into. Um, on a side note, before I forget, um, not really for the podcast, although everybody should probably check it out uh, if you're interested in this stuff. Um, in 2024, uh, I found out today that there is a thing in Providence, surprise, surprise, called uh, the Necronomicon, which is a, liter- a literary horror convention. Ooh, literary uh, horror. Yeah, books are bigger. Uh-huh. Now. We're not the only people doing this book revival thing. There's a whole thing called Book Talk. That's good. Yeah. Fucking I, good. I 
like, you know what? You know what? Fine. It's good. I'm not going to I'm not going to malign any zoomers or anything. Anybody who wants to do more book. Yeah, more book. I now want to like dig into more uh John Langham. Um, yeah, me too. Oh boy. Yeah, totally. He's got any short stories. I love reading a novel, a first, a novel by a guy for the mm. first time and then checking a couple short stories right after that. That's my Oh, life. he absolutely does. Uh there I don't know that he's got a collection. I mean, I mean he might. Um but I know he's got some shorts in other people's stuff for sure. Like in in collections, I mean. Uh so he's got some stuff in a, a bunch of stuff in an, uh, in anthologies, um, but he has uh, some collections. Yeah, looks looks like he's got a bunch of collections. Um, one that I've seen referenced, uh, or not referenced, but I've seen stories mentioned from this one that have sounded very interesting was Corpse Mouth and Other Autobiographies. It was published last year, 2022. Yeah. Wait, is that... Is that an anthology of other writers, or is that just him? No, it's his. Corpse Mouth and Other Autobiographies. Yep. Uh, and then he's got the well, one that he did before. That was two years earlier. for a short story collection, for sure. In 2020, it was Children of the Fang and Other Genealogies. Wow, uh, okay. There's, oh, wow. Uh, okay. Sephira and Other Betrayals, mm-hmm. The Wide Carnivorous Sky and Other Monstrous Geographies. Whoa. And Mr. Gaunt and other uneasy encounters. So this dude knows how to name a collection of short stories. Holy shit. That's a lot of stuff I want to check out. Right? I might be done. Like, I gotta the go. Wide carnivorous sky? And other monstrous geographies. I just threw the whole list of them in the chat. Uh, and then he's got those are collections, and then he's got a whole bunch of short story essays. Uh, and uh, the novels he's got House of Windows and Fisherman. That's it. So he mostly does short work, which is exciting to me because yeah, I, the really I, I punchy short stuff. Oh man, I'll tell you which ones are good. Turns when my I, crank. I'm gonna go to the library pretty soon. I'm gonna get them all on kindle tonight <laughs> oh cool yeah there was something else i want to do I, ha- I don't have a library list but i feel like there was something else i wanted to look for but oh man that's if that guy's got short story collections i love to get a short story collection from the library that's one yes. of my favorite things to do one of my favorite things to do is to hear someone say from the library <laughs> uh there's a book I maybe to, we should look get at a library card here or it's well, it's a novella that's in one of Stephen King's collections called N. It's about just the letter. Yeah, it's about a guy that likes to go to this field near his house where there are seven stones. Oh, but sometimes I love it already. But sometimes there are eight, and I'm not sure exactly what it is. If he like, he can't let anyone else see it. If there are eight, or something bad will happen, or he's afraid that. There's something about he has to do something specific if he goes there and there are eight stones, which there are sometimes to to like to heal, to put the world back to where it's supposed to be, which is the world where there are seven stones. Oh, somebody in 2010, they made a graphic novel of it. Whoa. Um, Cool. That might maybe I'll check that out because I'm reading so much. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I jumped back into Berserk. uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have a bunch of the uh, collections from uh, like about a couple of years ago, 
and uh, cool, cool. I've never read it, but I love the, I love all of the stuff inspired by Berserk. Oh yeah. So I should read Berserk, Probably, right? Like, yeah. I mean, Dark Souls is, you know, heavily inspired. So anyway, yeah. There's uh, just like people who know. There's just references yeah. to Berserk just left and right. Every oh, is that is that That's, a place from Dark Souls Three? No, 3? this is. Well, that's why I got it, but no, it's um, a print of uh, God, the it's uh, Gormenghast. You know, uh, Titus Grown. That's <laughs> <laughs> a face. Uh, so it's a print of someone who is does artwork sometimes of Gormenghast stuff. And I saw it online. And I was like, "Holy shit, that is awesome!" And it, not only do I love you know Gormenghast, but also Dark Souls. This is perfect. So. I don't know exactly what I described Titus Groan as. Yeah, I described Titus Groan as Terry Pratchett's Bloodborne. Yeah, that is fucking wow. <laughs> I can't. Uh, that is the most. That is. I can, yeah, I can't even say anything about that. Man, I don't know if it's on YouTube, but I saw a diorama of Gorman Gast. Like automated, like with mechanical puppets doing things inside of it. Uh, that was amazing. But Gorman Gast, oh boy, I wonder. Well, maybe that'll be on my. Maybe I'll put that on my board. I have to talk about someday. That shit's crazy. This, this iteration of me mm -hmm. has not read that book. Okay, it's been a minute. This this software version. Yeah, I read it maybe three uh, years ago. So Titus oh, Titus Grown is in my is fresh. Okay, yeah, I haven't read it since I was 15. Wow, okay, I, yeah. I mean, it's been a long time. That guy's dead, long dead. So. Oh, oh, yeah, this is the 50s these books came out. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is Well, long. it's always a long time since they Oh, you mean your me, guy, your, your guy, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. Me, yeah, 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 yeah the version of me that read it is... And now I'm just looking up Diorama Gormenghast. I need to I, be I don't know. On this uh, yeah, I, I, I wish I, I mean, didn't. There's some fucking cool. Oh, this is uh, people making Necromunda versions of Gormenghast. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. Fucking cool. Yeah. Um, all right, my I am focused back over here. All right, I'll see if uh, later on. I'll see if I can find the one that. Yeah, I, if you could yeah, find yeah, it, yeah. I would. That would turn my crank. Um, for sure. Uh, you have, I told you about, speaking of graphic novels, um, Neonomicon and Providence by, uh, yeah, I forget who this writer is, uh, Neonomicon is certainly rings a bell. Super shameful. Uh, Alan Moore. Like, oh, oh my Watson. god oh okay yes. okay Alan well i certainly have heard that name once or twice yeah and uh illustrated by jason burroughs is super good not for, um, not at the not immediately familiar not at the jason top of the head no no name. just but he's he's i don't know that of okay. him but he did a super good job with these but uh neonomicon is the first one and then there is a series called providence that comes after it Okay. Uh, yeah, I and remember, if you read yeah, Neonomicon yeah, but... and you feel like you want more of that, then there's more. And if you read it and you're like, I don't want any more of this, then you know which ones to avoid. Yeah, you. Uh, yeah, you have. <laughs> I have had that on one of my little notes before. Nice. So, good, great, good. 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 Um, in a Buick Eight, they talk a lot about 
or they mention this is a real deep cut they mention Horlicks University a lot and I honestly don't know if that name comes up in the adaptation of the thing that I'm going to ask you if you know <laughs> you, you know any kids from Horlicks University you know what happened to some kids from Horlicks University you don't know I'm shaking my head no one time they went uh, in September to this lake to go swimming, which is, it was cold, silly thing to do in September. And they got out on the raft in the middle of the lake. You know these uh, kids? Did one of them fall off? Yeah, and one of them got pulled yeah. through also. And one of them oh. got one of them got half digested when the creature seeped up through the planks. Oh, Creepshow 2. Oh, okay. I'm talking okay. about the raft. In Creepshow 2. Those kids are from Horlicks University in Ohio or wherever Buick 8 takes place. Does that, but I mean, do yeah. you, do you, I feel yes. like, for some reason I feel like Holy you may heck. have known about Creepshow 2, right? Yeah, you know about the raft. Surely do. Yeah, yeah, a guy gets like turned inside out being pulled through the raft. I'm seeing that happening. Right yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of really good quotes from a Buick 8, from, from a Buick 8. It's almost like from software. Is this, is the company uh, called software or <laughs> is this game, game from, from software? Yeah. Uh, if we're all comfortable with saying ATM machine, right? Uh, there we, we go. We should be comfortable yeah. with saying from, from. That's a good one. We saw it as a Buick because we had to see it as something. Yes. Let's go. Had to see it. Had to. Had to see it as something. We had to see it as something. There, that's a real... That really sums up... That really sums up a lot of it. Yeah. You just You got it. You have yeah. to... You don't have... You're not given an option. That, that space is occupied. Yeah. You need to register it. You got to see it as something. That was honestly when over like the late... The mid to late summer um, when the, you know, the internet started blowing up with like... Uh, UAP alien type stuff like congressional, mm -hmm. the congressional hearings, the Grush stuff. Like, um, I found it totally bizarre and also completely understandable that most of the people I know through like work and stuff like that just did not care at all. Yeah, they didn't think it was interesting. They're like the Westworld joke. It doesn't look like anything to me. Yep. Um, yep. Look like anything to me. That was that. It's like that. Like, um, but the thing that I found most uh, like distressing about it was the idea that no, it, it's you know like okay, maybe it's you know little gray men from another star. That's pretty unlikely, uh, knowing what I know about the size of space and the limits of travel as we understand them. It's understood. Um, not that I think we've got a handle on physics, but the idea that it might be something else <laughs> something that like that's all stuff that fits like people in little cigars that come from the moon mm -hmm. is our paradigm yeah and if you are operating in the weird in your paradigm you're probably not getting it you're probably not onto it yeah it's probably something else and uh that's that's <clears throat> That's what I that that line that you just put in from Buick Eight. Yep, got to see it as something. Mm -hmm. That yeah. that whole aliens thing, I feel like that's what it would be like if 
the masquerade was broken wide. I feel like it would be on the news. People would be like, by the way, there, there's definitely vampires. There's definitely evidence of right. vampires. And most people would be 100% like... there are vampires. People would be, and people, a month later, people would be like, do you remember when vampires, vampires were on the or... news? Remember yeah. that thing? Yeah. And no one would care. Yeah. And it would go right back. Yeah. Everything would go right. Like, at this point, yeah. this engine of whatever the fuck we're doing in society, this horrifying, just rapidly yeah. moving, never-ending... That is even contained, like, our thoughts just never even get a chance to collect themselves because we're always just going along with this news cycle and everything else about this illusion. Because even if we are not in a matrix, even if there is not a level of terror physically located below this world, even if there is nothing but this physicality, we are absolutely living in an illusion. Right. We absolutely, like, even, even if everything is completely physically real... Our minds have been consumed by a machine designed oh, to guide us all into cow eating hell. Yeah, we yeah. just are. It, well, the, yeah, the, it's it's not that the animal are the sinners in hell. Well, the innocents in hell. Yeah, it's just they're just the bottom of the food chain. Yeah, like we are also being devoured. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're being devoured by the AI. We're being devoured. Not like, not, not to be. Techno Let's not get like, too doomery. Like, yeah. <laughs> but like, what I just mean, like the 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 system, the system man. Yeah, that's um, that's it. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that yeah, the fucking system yeah. man. Yeah, the fucking system man. The fucking matrix. Uh, we, the, the system that we have built to yeah. live in. Yeah, for ourselves that we did this. We did this. Yeah, that chews up. No one else. Uh, a lot of us. We all are really. We could all stop. Sad, like, ugly ways. Every single person on the planet, we could all stop doing this. Right now. We could all we could all stop. Uh, I don't have a good alternative, but we definitely could. <laughs> I do. Do you know about the Golden Eye? Uh N sixty four? Yeah. But the uh, but the device? Going, no, I don't. Oh, it's an orbital EMP. Just knock it all out. The Golden Eye is an orbital EMP pulse that Escape knocks out LA. all electronic. What did they EMP LA? In Escape from LA, yeah, that's that's what they did. Yeah. Aside I, from having a banging soundtrack. I think we got to erase it. all data. I think the biggest bulk eraser has got to hit the internet. I think we should lose our ability to produce electrical equipment. Uh. I think electricity has know. to go. <laughs> You know, I hate to get break to, it to you, but get you know to the bottom of it. On, bro? Oh, well, I'm not talking uh, about defeating the force of electricity okay. altogether. You're not just destroying electrical I'm, covalent. Bonds. I'm talking about phones, you know. Yeah, I, I understand. It's I, an I, easy well, thing to blame. The internet also, yeah, so right. I understand what it was like when. We when it was real, when we were yeah. in a real place, there's a really good book. When we were on uh, Earth, you remember what it was like on Earth? I thought it was great. About the death of magic and mystery. Okay. Uh, called the Internet. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what the title of the book is, but it's something kind of like that. Um, I said to my friend over the Internet. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, and again, but that's the that's we're all using it. We're all doing it. We're all doing the yeah. shit that's killing us all day. I mean, the the your your golden eye global EMP. I I can't help but be aware that it would cause the greatest loss of human life. Yeah, in it, yeah, it history, would do that. yeah, and that's what it would do. That the people 
that it would kill first would be the most the people who have been most disadvantaged by the system that we have created and yeah. are crying. Yeah. Um, uh, however, that said, I do recognize that at the end of it, you know, uh, Exodus Act of Probat, uh, the ends justify the means, uh, would lead to a, probably a betterment of human experience, but not for all of those people. It's a little bit, it's kind of, it's, um, who's that guy? Um, the guy that, um, <laughs> look upon my works and despair. Oh, but from uh, Watchmen, the Watchmen guy, not a not Ozymandias. Not a, so right, and Ozymandias is the character in Watchmen. Yeah, and he yeah. you know kills the bajillion people to, which is all yeah. which is Thanos also. Right. If we kill half the people, everything would be, and and all of it is incredibly flawed and stupid. If we kill half the people, there yeah. won't be any internet anymore. No, 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 no. Honestly, understand. really easy villainous <laughs> kind of plot. Yeah. So yeah, very well, silly. I mean, it's it's the kind of uh uncomfortable like thing yeah. that seems to be demonstrably true mm -hmm. that if there were half as many people or if the if we lived in a post scarcity environment like the one in the Federation in Star Trek sure. where people did not have to strive to make ends or find health care. Then we could um, perhaps better ourselves. Yeah, I, I start, be, honestly Star Trek is like the yeah. I'm really, I'm really down with Star Trek. I, I love Star Trek deeply. Uh, I was a Trek guy, not a, not a Star Wars guy. I mean, I recognize both as being uh, existing cultural properties, uh, but you know, I was a Trek dude, and still am. I love the parts of where they start to explore the edges of that. Oh, what happens like, when like you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. When they're like. You know, like, yes, there is a post-scarcity universe that the Federation inhabits, or they inhabit post-scarcity. Yeah. But what does it's, it look like where that butts up against... People who don't have that. People who don't have that. Yeah, and that really, yeah, yeah. and that is, that is a lot of what Star Trek is about, especially into the late 90s, and probably a lot of it is, well, maybe touching on it again, because Star Trek really wasn't around for a little while. I wonder if Star Trek is the most 90s... Thing? <laughs> Thing. I mean, it's not, but like those three that, shows are real. I mean, that's a real part of the '90s. The the three main that ones incredible that like hopefulness and oh. optimism. Oh, it's what we lost and, is Star Trek. That's why yeah. it had to go away for a while. Yeah. I like yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I like uh, the metaphor kind of in a Buick Eight. The way that he describes these road accents, accidents, which are very mundane, but he describes them in, if you recall, really, really long yeah, and horrifying detail. And then he talks about how it is the, the main characters. It's their job to make sure that John Q. Public never has to see something like this. And yeah. it's just like, that's the real world application of it. But that's also the metaphor for the entire, the Whole alien story. story. Yeah. 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 And that's why they don't hand it off to black mesa yep right like, which is which to no. which is called the shop the shop yeah i don't know if that's actually mentioned but that's yeah it's they're, not they're a, they're, not in this book yeah they're like um, maybe we should at some point they're like maybe we should give it to a university and they're like what are they gonna do weapon yep no these cars show up in parts in atlantis 
it has a movie made about it which has noth almost nothing to do with the actual book uh one of the cars like the kid walks out and like he realizes something's wrong and like you know he's, he he does the whole thing about he's talking about how it shimmers and he's not sure if it's a car or not and then like a piece like its tire like reaches out and grabs a bag and like an empty bag of chips and, and like pulls oh. it into itself oh but uh yeah it goes and 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 sort of the cars aren't the cars aren't the cars are here and there throughout the mythos but the guy the guy that leaves the german guy that leaves the car behind um those, he shows up again not him in particular but i don't actually i mean have you seen the movie are you familiar with the movie but it's it's no. about it's basically it's about a a boy who befriends a, 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 an older man that lives above him and the older man is on the has committed some crime and eventually like the fbi tracks him down and takes him away in the movie but the crime that he commits in the book is that he's escaped from a prison uh, on another planet and these low men are coming with their weird oh. cars and they don't they might not they might not speak again they might not speak like yeah. people or like things that understand people but they leave this is this creeps me out because there's a couple characters that end up getting stalked by these low men throughout the dark tower but they leave messy. He knows the guy in Hearts and Atlantis knows when they're around. He keeps moving from town to town because they they do obvious things like they leave strange messages written in chalk. Uh, and sometimes there will be he'll notice a lost cat poster that won't have a photo, but it, the description of the cat sounds like him. Like it says gray hair, like old, but good at likes to hide and you know, where you won't, you know, expect him and like stuff oh like this. Oh my goodness, but that's awesome. There's a whole, there's at least two different characters I can think of that as they're being hunted, they see these lost cat posters, but the description of the cat is obviously a description of him. And it's like, they write weird things in chalk, like they know he's <sighs> near here, or like somewhere on this block, he goes out and it says like, you know, somewhere on this street or something in front of his house, like they're writing to each other in chalk while they look for him. Yeah, the low men in these that. cars is like a whole thing. This is like a very outside edge of the Dark Tower. There used to be... I a, tried... Go ahead. If you were about to say you tried to read The Gunslinger, then I don't blame you for not That is exactly... It. Yes. <laughs> I had, a, I had a, a, a colleague at one point who was like, oh man, I'm reading this Stephen King book called Dark, Dark Tower. It starts with The Gunslinger. It's so good, you got to read it. And I was like, all right. And I got, I don't know, a couple of chapters in and just bounced straight off. Mm. Yeah, it's a nasty book. Is there another way in? Yeah, uh, the drawing of the three, the second book. That's the that's the first one I read, and uh, a lot of people really like it. And in fact, it's the one where he puts his party together. He's just one asshole being in. It's the one that humanizes him in any kind of way. He's such a monster. Would you say book. him? You mean the gunslinger? Roland. Yeah, the gunslinger. Yeah. Um. <laughs> This picture is, is if this picture is uh, copy image. If that's Roland, then I don't. I understand. Uh, oh, where'd it go? Is oh. that? Uh, yeah, that's him. <laughs> that, yeah, that's Roland. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just a pic. It's a picture of the cover of uh, yeah. Tower Drawing of the Three. It's just a man sort of doing a thing that is like the kind of smile you uh, smile. 
when you want to hurt someone and you know yes. you're going to get to. Yes. You this is a this is this guy I wonder what year this artist drew this cuz he might have been looking at a frame from Berserk. This illustration Not... <laughs> The artist that did this illustration did like 12 yeah. illustrations inside of this. Oh book. really? Yeah, inside of this version or whichever Phil the, Hale. The illustrated the version. Artist. Yeah, the illustrated version of this book has like 12 or so plates. In fact, all the big all the bigger, you know, prints of the Dark Tower, the main seven, have like full, you know, 12 or so plates of illustration in them. And a lot of them are cool. incredibly good. That There's some insane illustrations in drawing of the three. Um, but yeah, there used to be... I, they stopped doing it, and I think it's because now he considers the whole thing to be connected. But around 2005 or so, or in the in the aughts, if you bought a Stephen King paperback when it listed his body of work in the front, 19 of the titles would be in bold. And that was supposedly the whole Dark Tower story. Ah, uh, so okay. So I'm not sure if Buick 8... I feel like Buick 8 probably was in bold, and it might have been one of the last ones. I think after this, he just kind of started being more like, yeah, everything is all connected. It all takes place in this yeah. universe. But this is yeah, this is so this is neat and it's it, this is neat as one of his things that's connected, but it really doesn't have to be. It's this is very stand it's such a it's yeah, it's a great little standalone piece of the Dark Tower, but obviously you don't have to know anything about the Dark Tower because it really is about that unreality that a lot of his stuff is about. And the whole uh, little said- Stephen King town thing is a really strong Hearts vibe. in Atlantis Hearts was the Atlantis. Na- other name. Okay. That, that has the low men and it definitely has a scene like one scene involving their weird cars but that I'll tell you what Hearts in Atlantis is the first time you see the low men and their cars and then this is one of the next ones where one of them shows up oh, yeah. I love that that, that is uh, it ticks my uh, being hunted by oh, the unknown yeah. Yeah, the way the way they do it, like the way they they kind of they can't communicate normally, and they're very alienly threatening, and they leave weird clues around. Really, really cool. They're really cool enemies that kind of are sprinkled throughout a lot of a lot of this guy's stuff. You see them every now and then. I don't know what happened to Stephen King to make him, but like I'm really glad it did. There's at least <laughs> sorry, one. St- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. sorry, Stephen King. Like I know some of it was really bad. <laughs> it is known that some of it was really bad. There's one. There's one very specific story. The car accident. Oh, oh. I mean, that's not what happened to make him the way. No, he, the, no. The, I, mean, I mean, <laughs> there's a specific story about his childhood. That his mother, he went out one day to play with a friend of his and that he came home and his mother noticed that he would no longer speak. And uh, perhaps the next day or so, she found out that that friend had been hit by a train. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And so and I think that. I don't know what the end of that story is, and I don't know if it is known that Stephen saw his friend hit by a train or knew that his right. friend was hit by a train, but obviously there's a story that came out of that. It's, right. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that is, that's an anecdote. That's a Stephen King anecdote, and I don't fool. And, and no one really knows the answer because, yeah. you know, it was probably the 30s or 40s or something, 
or you know maybe right. the 50s also, childhood maybe the 50s I, 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 it sounded to me as you're describing it, this may not be the case, it sounded to me like it's a story that he heard but doesn't remember. Right. Yeah, exactly. He heard about himself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that kind of thing. Yeah, so... Yeah, so Buick 8 is also great. I love the... It's yeah. compact. It's got that small town thing. And, uh, yeah, and it really is... Even as a, really a guy grounded. den. Yeah, it's very grounded. Like, that's really yeah. part of what I really like about it. It, like, is a very plain little story about some strange things that some people had to see. Yeah. 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 And had to see is the great yeah. way to put it. That's right. Unfortunately, they forced see to see. Yeah. They, they unfortunately had to see them. And their reticence, too. Like, the way... Yep. Well, the reticence to tell the kid... And also the way in which most of the pe- most of the the characters telling the stories have been drawn together by it in this kind of like fa- family esque kind of way. Something right? they all it's something they all have in common. They are the only people that they talk about it amongst each other. They have a that is a bond that is formed through. Yeah, a trauma that they all experienced together. Some of them, some of the characters, to whom these things happened, could not yeah. bear it. And yes, and so there's all these very realistic reactions to to that. Like it's not because if it was grounded, but they responded in ways that didn't feel like the ways in which people respond to these things, like to trauma, uh, it would feel sort of put on. Or it might come across like the uncle telling the tall tale kind of thing. But because they're like, yeah, well, the, that guy was here and he, then he killed himself because yep. he had to see this thing. Yep. And we're sad about that. It's just there's so or much. Like, man, there's yeah. so many ways to upset people. <laughs> that's a, also a great title for a podcast. <laughs> and like, and that's, and like, that's, God damn it. That's the type of art I'm interested in. Yeah. I want to upset some people. I, yeah. <laughs> and there, there are some very specific ways in which I would like to be upset by yeah. art. Yeah. Thinking, and there are some very specific ways that I would not like to be upset by art. Thinking about wife fish, wife fish, wife marching, fish. Yeah. marching in the flood. That is now, I, I'm going to. I'm going to have to go out and... Well, uh, let's take a cut. say thank you so much for being here i normally i have a timer but i feel like if i if i've cut four or five times we've probably been talking for a couple hours and uh man thank you so much hey thank you thank you i mean not only am i delighted to be having these covered but to be uh delving back into these books and to be getting introduced to more things that i should read so thank you this is a ton of fun let's let's keep looking hell yeah i hope that kid We're all pulling for you. So.
if you're listening. Hang in. I know you got the weight of the world on your shoulders. Hey, what's going on? Don't forget. It's all about the weight of the world.